Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Most people today, they ask God for one thing. Lord God, I ask you to do my will. I want to be big and popular. I want to have all this money. I want to have all this stuff. And they're asking according to their will. Jesus said, if you ask anything according to his name, not your name, then he will do it. Ezra's operating 180 degrees from what most people do. Lord, help us so that we can serve you. Help me to serve you. Never ask God, Lord God, give to me so I can serve me. Ask to serve God. This is the right way to ask. And Ezra asked in such a way that he acknowledged everything belonged to God, that God was in total control of the situation, and that God would take care of them all the way back, even after they got back and returned. So far, we saw uh, Ezra, he made some preparations before returning, got got his Levites, got his Nethanim. Then they had to fast and pray. This was all spiritual preparation, but now it was time for the physical preparation. We did the spiritual part. Now we're going to do the physical part. And friends, the spiritual always comes before the physical. You always get down before the Lord God spiritually before you do the physical work every single time. Okay? I want you to remember when Jesus healed that paralytic in the book of Mark, Jesus declared the paralytics. He's paralyzed. But Jesus declared his sins were forgiven before he ever dealt with his, para- his being paralyzed. He, he, Jesus addressed the spiritual before the physical. They had a whole dialogue. They had a whole lot of things going on. He said, your, your sins are forgiven. He's still on the floor. There's a whole lot of things that happened before Jesus ever told the guy to get up and walk. Because he prioritized in front of the people the, phys- the, the spiritual matters before the physical. I know we've got physical issues. I know we all have physical problems. I've got enough of my own. We've got money problems. We've got earthly problems and all that. And sometimes we focus on all that first. The spiritual is your first preparation that you should always do. Always, am I right with the Lord God? Am I doing what he, am I studying the word? Am I being faithful in what I'm doing? You'll find out a lot of the physical work you're doing doesn't even need to be done if you will just get right in line with God first. So Ezra had that God focus, the spiritual first. They got down before the Lord, they fasted, they prayed, Lord, this is up to you. Well, now we're going to go. Now he's done everything right. He's not cutting corners, okay? So here comes the physical part. Ezra 8 and 24, and I separated 12 of the leaders of the priests, Sherebiah, Hashabiah, and 10 of their brethren with them, and weighed out to them the silver, the gold, and the articles, the offering for the house of our God, which the king and his counselors and his princes, and all Israel who were present had offered. I weighed into their hand 650 talents of silver, silver articles weighing 100 talents, 100 talents of gold. A talent is about maybe 70 pounds or so. 
20 gold basins worth a thousand drachmas and two vessels of fine polished bronze, precious as gold. And I said to them, you are holy to the Lord. The articles are holy also. And the silver and the gold are a freewill offering to the Lord God of your fathers. Watch and keep them until you weigh them before the leaders of the priests and the Levites and the heads of the, house, of the fathers' houses of Israel and Jerusalem in the chambers of the house of the Lord. So the priests and the Levites received the silver and the gold and the articles by weight to bring them to Jerusalem to the house of our God. Okay, they weighed everything first. Kind of the point is, what we weigh now better be what weighs up when we get there. Okay, so he divided all these valuables out, and the value of what they had, it could probably be placed into the millions of dollars today. That's how much it was worth. So it's no wonder that Ezra was concerned about the journey back. You know word of this got out. These guys are going to come through your land with millions worth of of precious gold oh this is the opportunity of a lifetime we're gonna get these guys okay he had to get down before the lord before going this is too important i i think they would probably be the biggest prime target in years to come through the land so now we know why he called for a fast and for protection and when i say that you are not worthless you are priceless you're very very valuable You better be down before the Lord God praying for your safe passage through this world because the enemy wants to steal from you everything you have, okay? You're worth a lot, and there's people that want to ambush you. They want to take what you have. They can't take what you have, but they want to try. So you need to be down before the Lord on a regular basis, okay? So these men, they were given the responsibility of getting all the stuff back to Jerusalem safely and the added motivation for making sure that nobody made an attempt, an attempt at running off with it, because, you know, it crossed somebody's mind, man, I could take this one thing right here and go cash it in and live the rest of my life. Ezra told them, these are holy to the Lord. These are holy to the Lord. The, inc- the insinuation here is that if you steal this, what's holy to the Lord, you might be paying for it heavily. There, there was a consequence factor involved in this. In other words, This stuff is not for you, it's for the Lord, it belongs to Him, it's for His service. Just as you yourself are holy, you belong to the Lord's service. They understood as a Levite their dedication to the Lord God. He says, these items are just as dedicated as you are. Don't mess with it. They took their calling very seriously. These items have a calling in them too. It belongs to the Lord for Him. I think that's a strong implication that if you run off, you're going to get in trouble. God may very well even put you right back in captivity again. Don't, don't mess with this. This is a warning. They are charged with making sure it got back to Jerusalem. Now, what had happened to these men is they just became stewards. It's a word we need to know. It's a word we need to live by, is, a, is the word steward means they were responsible for property that belonged to someone else. It's not yours. You are a steward. You're just carrying it for a little while. A quick parallel I can make is, Christian, everything you have, everything you own, the money in your pocket, in your bank account, the car you drive, the house you live in, everything you have is not yours. You are a steward of it. It has been given to you only for the purpose of you glorifying the Lord God as you go through your journey, and that is it. 
Never go look at my house and look at my stuff. It's not yours. If you're dedicated to the Lord, what's in your hand should be dedicated to the Lord. So they were mere stewards of this holy wealth, and they were only stewards for the duration of that journey. You're not going to keep your hands on this forever. It's just until you get home. Christian, the stuff you have, you're only got it, you've only got it in your hands till you get home. I've lost a friend the other day. Everything he has is still here. He, he ran a barbershop. That barbershop is still there. He didn't take it with him. Okay, you are a steward. We need to remember that as we go through life. Ezra 8 and 31, the return to Jerusalem. Then we departed from the river of Ahava on the twelfth day of the first month to go to Jerusalem, and the hand of our God was upon us, and he delivered us. Look at this. It actually happened. From the hand of the enemy and from ambush along the road. I'm inclined to believe that somebody tried to get them and God saved them. So we came to Jerusalem and stayed there three days. Now on the fourth day, the silver and the gold and the articles were weighed in, the house of our God by the hand of Merimoth, the son of Uriah the priest, and with him was Eleazar, the son of Phinehas. With them were the Levites, Josabad, the son of Jeshua, and Noadiah, the son of Benui. With the number and weight of everything, all the weight was written down at that time. Okay, so they weighed before they got started, they weighed when it got back, and I am led to believe that every, every ounce got back. That means every steward. Never once thought, this belongs to me, I can use some of it for myself, or I'm going to use it just for me. No, it all got there. Okay, Christian, when you get home, everything you were weighed with up front, it better be counted, accounted for in your life when you get home, okay? So remember, Ezra, he was ashamed to ask the king for an escort. He made that big statement, oh, the hand of the Lord would be upon us. So he didn't want to ask for soldiers and horsemen. He was afraid that would make his faith look weak. But look how well the journey went, because he's so dedicated. He got down before the Lord, humble. They prayed. They fasted. Look how well it went. The Lord did deliver them from the hand of any attacks. Ezra proclaimed it publicly. He prayed on it. He believed it, and he walked it out. And because of those things, the Lord made it happen. Christian, oh, can we get a hold of this? If you believe it, Don't make it your private little faith and just, well, this is just, I'm going to keep it to me. Proclaim it. The reason people don't want to proclaim it is they're going to be made to live it out and prove it. You should want to prove it because that's what glorifies your God. Do you want to glorify your God? Yeah. Theoretically, we all say, yeah. Then proclaim it. Well, you know, because that might make people... If you proclaim it, it is known. And when it is known, people watch you. And when God delivers, they say, you know what? What he said came true. There must be some real truth to this God. Work the whole equation. I know people with their own private little faith. It's just mine. I'll just keep it here. Don't do that. Proclaim it. Get it out there. Yes, the world's going to hate you for it. Just suck it up. That's the way it is. Here we are. We all know this. And you got people watching that need to know who he is. He proclaimed it. Guys, this is Christianity 101 right here. Proclaim it, live it, believe it, ask it, and go walk it out and let God work out the rest, okay? So they weighed everything when they got back, documented the weight. 
Now, if you look at verse 25, it says they weighed everything when they first got it under their care. So they weighed everything at the start as a way to show each steward, hey, we know exactly how much we're starting out with. We'd better get the same amount back by the time we get in Jerusalem. I know what you were given. You better not blow it on the way. It better go with you. And guys, I took this as a stern warning to myself. What the Lord God has allotted to me in my life, I better use it right. Don't waste it. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your resources, your money, the material wealth you have. You better use it for the glory of God in some kind of way because you're going to be made to make an account for it later. So they weighed it and everything was there. Everyone who was given stewardship of something at the beginning of the journey had now proven themselves trustworthy at the end. That's the way I want the Lord to look at me. I want him to say, you proved yourself trustworthy. What I gave you, you used. Amen. That's a good word. Ezra 8 and 35, the children of those who had been carried away captive, who had come from the captivity, had offered burnt offerings to the God of Israel. 12 bulls for all Israel, 96 rams, 77 lambs, and 12 male goats as a sin offering. All this was a burnt offering to the Lord. And they delivered the king's orders to the king's satraps and governors in the region beyond the river. So they gave support to the people and the house of God. Okay, so these sacrifices that represented their godly sorrow. It's God, we are sorry, we messed up, we know we sinned, we, we, we won't do it anymore. We, we messed up and we know it. And that's what the sacrifices were. They're back. They know why they were dragged off captives in the first place, so we're really sorry for the past. We're sorry for what we did. Now, what they did here is they gave a copy of the king's orders to the Persian governors of the land because the king had given orders. They said, Ezra is going to rule over the Jews according to God's law. So the governors needed to understand over where the Israelites live, Ezra's in command over there according to their laws of their God. So they had to give their support to Ezra for the Jews to govern themselves. That's why it says they gave a copy of the king's commands over to that government. I remember the king says, I don't want any trouble out of y'all. So y'all, y'all give a copy of my orders to the Persians that I'm going to let Ezra deal with it. And if anybody gets out of hand, you deal with them and deal with them quick. So the governors would read what they were given of the king's commands. Go, okay, Ezra, it's on you. You deal with it. Okay, we'll let y'all do what you want to do. So I think this is an incredible blessing right here, the way this worked out, that they now have blessing from the Lord. They have freedom. And now they can live according to their own laws. They can live freely how the Lord God wants them to without anybody bothering them about it. That's why they gave that copy to the satraps and governors. But immediately now my thoughts go to the Levites that missed out on the blessing they could have had. The guys that just didn't show up. They didn't even care to go. I think of how Moses also, he missed out on the blessing that he could have had. He didn't get to go into the promised land. Remember, he had his own doubts. But Joshua got to go in to the promised land because of his faithfulness. David missed out on blessing. If you remember that time when, he, when the ark was coming back and it had caused all those plagues and he was afraid of the ark coming back, so he made it stay at the house of a guy named Obed-Edom. He goes, no, 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 don't, don't come back here. Obed-Edom, you take care of it. Let the ark stay in your house. You know, and if you read that story, it says that the Lord blessed Obed-Edom. You know, I just want to say, Even the best guys have messed up on this. 
Mo, we saw, I've talked about Moses and David, the best of them. They missed out on blessing they could have had, but they were like, no, just, no, not right now. The Levites that didn't show up, no, not, not right now. How many times do we, or let me put me in there, how many times have I missed out on blessing that I could have had simply because I got too focused on myself rather than on God? We do it. Did you realize the more you think about you, the more you make it all about you and how you feel about everything, you're going to miss out on the blessings of God because you're not going to show up for things that God called you to show up to. Oh. How many times have you missed out on blessing because you made it more about you? Just your way of seeing it. Colossians 3 verse 2 says, set your mind. This is focus, guys. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. And the things on the earth, that even includes you. Don't just think about yourself and the, and the way you see things. I mean, gosh, guys, you look on social media news, that's all everybody's talking about. This is the way I see it. I'm right. And if you don't agree with me, then I hate you. <laughs> guys, we're not even to be in that argument. We are to be thinking about the Lord only and, and let him deal with it. And then whatever calling he gives you, that's what he can. You know, God does give to you for pleasure. Life is intended to be fun. Don't get me wrong. But you got to keep your focus on God all the time. When it's all about you, you're going to miss out on great blessing that God's trying to give to you. He's trying to give you blessing. Where's the blessing in my, my life? I don't have. Where were you? I'm, I'm speaking from Ezra's perspective. You don't have the blessing, but where are you ever at? There's been friends of mine for years. Things are going terrible. They, I, Ray, what should I do? I said, well, are you following the Lord God? Well, no, not what you call. I said, well, where are you? Where are you at? No wonder you're missing. You're not anywhere where the blessing comes down. We have to maintain a solid focus on God. And along with that focus will come the ability to structure our priorities properly. Ezra had to structure all the priorities. He had to use his God focus to structure priorities before he even made the journey back to Jerusalem. Everything had to be done right first before we go back. Imagine if he didn't have the right men to carry this stuff back. You think they'd have been plundered? Maybe. They wouldn't have had enough people to teach the law when he got back. The nation would be in trouble? Probably. It'd have been a mess. Here we go again. Another captivity? Probably. He did not go back until he found the right ministers and helpers to assist. Ezra didn't just wing it and go unprepared. Because of his God focus, he did the work and the time to do the job right up front because he wanted to make sure that the Israelites in Jerusalem also would not miss out on blessings. And that's another level. Every time you cut corners in your own life, not only are you depriving yourself of blessing, but the people who are looking to you for your leadership in Christ will miss blessing from you as well. We've got to get our lives in order. We have a good structure of priorities in this church. I love what I've seen here. We have helpers that assist like the Nethanim, that people come in here and paint or that some of the ladies come and clean up in here. We've got people that play music, even if I can't. We've got people that want to put into this. You all have your own way of, of putting in. We've got a good structure of helpers here. A lot of that I'm appreciative of so that I can dedicate my time to preaching the word. 
because that's my job. Okay, Ezra and them had to do their job, but they needed helpers to assist. I'm thankful for the helpers I've got here to assist so that I can concentrate on my job of teaching the word of God. If I, I'm telling you, if I got caught up in everything that this building and that these, these chairs and the sound system and these door locks and all these, the ceiling tiles, we had some guys work on ceiling tiles there the other day. If I tried to do all of this myself, then by the time I got here Sunday, I would have nothing to tell you. Because I didn't study, I wouldn't have had time. You gotta have structure in the body of Christ. You gotta have structure in your life as well. Now, I love how Ezra made a big statement before the king that God would keep him safe to where he didn't need an escort because he knew something that aligned with 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 3. But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. How many people do you think would have asked for armed guards and all the swords and all the horsemen, and this is a bad idea to travel so far with so much wealth? Let's just don't even go. We're not even going to make it. We're gonna, somebody's going to get us. Let's don't go. Then you deprive people of a blessing. So Ezra really had to trust in the Lord. But that's also why he said he needed to humble himself and get everybody to humble themselves down before the, Lord, before the Lord before that long trip. Aren't you glad that God gives us the option of humbling ourselves instead of him always having to do it? I'm glad that God says, you know what? You can get down on your knees by your own accord if you want to, but if you don't, I'm going to make you get on your knee. You know, the Bible says all knees will bow. That means you will either bow willingly because you want to, or you will be forced down by your shoulders and have your knees broken if that's what it takes to make you bow. But every knee on this in existence is going to bow. Satan himself is going to bow. He's not going to like it. I'd rather just bow on my own accord, on my own decision. I'm glad God lets us bow, lets us humble ourselves before the trip because James 4, 6, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will free, flee from you. A lot of people love this. The devil will flee. The devil has to flee from me. Yeah, if you do one thing first, if you get humble before the Lord, if you do that first, God focus priorities. You know, these men have become stewards. Friends, we're going to have to have real God focus to see a broader picture than just ourselves. If you don't have God focus, all you're going to see is, is your money. And your wealth, it's not yours. It's God's. It's for the Lord to use. 1 Corinthians 4.2. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. I need you to consider the things you have, everything you got. How is it being dedicated to the Lord? And if it's not, find a way to dedicate it to the Lord. And if you can't find a way to dedicate it to the Lord, kick it to the curb and get it out of your life. I thought about that with computers back in the day. When I had trouble with misusing computers, I said, Lord, if I can't find a way to glorify you with it, I'm not going to have it. (laughs) And now I do the podcast with it. So I found a way to glorify the Lord God editing audio with my computer. You've got to find a way to make it submit to the Lord God some kind of way. So we've got to be faithful with what God has given us. Otherwise, we'll start to think it's all about us instead of blessing others. And that's when we end up like the Levites that missed out on the blessing that they could have had. What we need is God focus.
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.